0: Hello and welcome to Divine Love Radio, WDLR. This is the internet's hallmark worldwide divine love radio station where the sole purpose is to awaken souls to the truth of God's divine love messages. We're very blessed today to have special guests, three in one, on WDLR. We talk about the very messages that Jesus brought to mankind over 2,000 years ago and is once again known through the pageant messages. The good news is that divine love is available and gifted to all mankind who seek it through earnest prayer. And if I didn't mention it before, hello and welcome. My name is Brooke Volk, and I'll be your host on this one-of-a-kind program in hopes of raising your curiosity about life and its purpose and what happens after we draw our last breath of the physical experience, a program that will direct you to volumes of information that your soul has been yearning for. Well, we have co-hosts today from Hawaii, a six-hour time uh, difference between the East Coast of the United States and Hawaii. Hawaii part of the United States out there in those deep blue, beautiful waters. Al Fike is no stranger to us here on WDLR. He has two very lovely guests. One is filled with smiles and scars, scars from a recent bypass operation. And they have called Al his angel as he is there in Hawaii. Hawaii, imagine this as a caregiver of sorts. And we also have another gift, a gift tonight, which it's evening here in New York, and only lunchtime or a little after in Hawaii. I'm gonna ask Al to introduce his beautiful guest right to his right before we introduce Jimbo. Go ahead, Al, good
1: evening, good morning, good afternoon. Thank you, Brooke, and it's a pleasure to be back on your radio station for Divine Love at uh... It's such a wonderful service you're providing here and uh, giving people who are uh, divine love followers an opportunity to speak about their experiences and share with others the wisdom that they have uh, gained through praying for divine love. So when I came to Hawaii to help out my friend Jimbo uh, after his surgery, I thought this would be a great opportunity to get some of these Hawaiian friends of mine who are divine love followers together and to have a little conversation with you and hopefully with your listeners. So to my right, I have the lovely Gilda Holy. She uh, has been praying for divine love for how long? Four years. Four years now. I've had um, several uh, conversations and times with her over the four years that I've. I think I've known you for the four years. Yeah. Pretty close, and uh, she's a beautiful, beautiful soul who has a very generous spirit. Uh, laughs and sings beautifully and Brings the expression of divine love in such a, a sweet and beautiful nature that, I don't know if I weren't married, I think I'd ask her to marry me.
2: but <laughs> I wasn't married.
1: Harvest, married. <laughs> uh, She's married too. So, say, <laughs> Levy. Should I leave?
0: <laughs> and Jean, Jean, your lovely wife is where? Back in <laughs> <Paris>. <laughs> uh, Back in uh, Vancouver. So, that's um, a, so unique, yeah, and special. You. Gilda, I have to ask you your last name, H-O-L-L-Y?
2: No, Holy.
0: Spell it, H-O-L-Y, just one single. How did you plan that? Did you change your name after you uh, became involved with Divine Love?
2: I think the angels did that when I met my husband at the tender age of 14.
0: Isn't that something? (laughs) And are you a Hawaii native?
2: I'm a Hispanic.
0: And you were born and raised?
2: I was born in Brazil and I was raised in Peru.
0: And you've been in Hawaii as a visitor or you are living? No,
2: there? we live in Hawaii. We re- my husband retired from the Navy and we're lucky enough to to retire here in Hawaii. He found a job here, so this is where we stay.
0: Okay, well.
2: our kids well, are here, our grandchildren are here. And I feel that uh, God wanted us to be here, so He put us here on this beautiful island.
0: Oh, and that song, "Holy, Holy, Holy," has a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of connotations. Right here, we found the inspiration for that song. How huh. well, <laughs> uh, you've been there? How long? As-
1: I've been here about nine days, ten, ten days. days yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've, I've got a few more, so I'll be—I think almost two weeks. Yeah. um looking after my charge jimbo
0: all well, right is, now uh, we want we want a proper introduction
1: okay well Jimbo walsh he has been a divine love follower for many years or 30 years. 30 years wow he's uh, if you ever want to talk about any subject related to divine love this is a guy to talk to because he knows a lot and he's a very eloquent and articulate speaker uh, when it comes to the subject. And he is a marriage officiant and has married, how many, 3,000? Yeah, over Um, 3,000. On the island of Hawaii, his barefoot weddings uh, outfit has uh, been going for many years here. And he's a wonderful musician and a songwriter. So he has, has uh, written many songs about divine love and I'm hoping he will grace us with one of his songs before our interview is over. We'll and that. Gilda has a beautiful voice, so she might oh. sing along, Ooh. I will not. Divine love
0: listeners, this is a first. Now we've done 10 episodes, this is our eleventh, And if we get vocal variety to music, this will be our first. And this will be a maybe even a duet. Al, I don't know if you're going to sing as a trio. We could do something barbershop.
1: I, I, I don't want to sully the experience forever.
0: <laughs> this is a pleasure. And you are listening to WDLR. And divine love is our main topic. And we do have the introductions of Gilda and Jimbo and, of course, Al Fike. And there are questions that the listeners would love to ask you, but this is a closed private session on the Zoom format, which we will give accolades and thanks to, because it makes this long distance possible in a more personal way. You were listening to the audio portion of this Zoom broadcast, and we continue now with our special guest co-host. And now I'm going to ask you to ask some of the questions that you feel inspired to ask on behalf of us, the listeners of WDLR.
1: Well, I think uh, one of your uh, usual questions to people you've just met um, is how did you find the divine love? That's a great question. So, you sound you like you me, think- Al. Yeah, why don't you take over this
0: program? You do sound <laughs> like
1: Yes, you know me already. Please. Uh, well, Miss, I, Mr. Rock, I just assumed that would be one of your <laughs> questions.
0: That's, uh, that's the top on the one. I'm not even holding up a note. Go ahead,
1: uh, Jimbo. Right, well, let's ask Gilda first. Oh,
2: well, you know, thinking about uh, how was that? I I feel so blessed to for our father to have had such mercy on me to lead me to the messages. I feel that I was led to the messages, and there were different things in my life that um, have been coming until I was led to the truth of divine love. Um, My mind goes back to the many questions. First of all, religion. There were some things in the religion that I was practicing at the time, which was Mormonism, that just didn't fit right in my soul. So I had all these questions, and um, I felt that these questions opened up a portal in my soul for me to find the truth or to be led to the truth of divine love. Um, One of the questions was, how can we as humans have the desire to do right instead of doing things just by um, obligation or um, just knowing that you have to keep the commandments. How can one person have the desire? And that opened up a portal for me to be ready to, uh, when the messages came through, through a friend of Jimbo, actually Michael Mm Nedball, Um, I I went to a a library where there was a group, where where there was a medium. And in that group, my grandma came through. Well, let me back up, let me back up a little bit. In that meeting at the library, Michael Nedball opened the meeting with a beautiful prayer. And this beautiful prayer, he mentioned, Pray for divine love. And when he mentioned those two words, divine love, it just, it penetrated my soul instantly. And I knew, I knew instantly that he was talking about a different love. This That's what I would call it at the time. This is a different love. So I went home and I started praying for divine love. And, um. Uh, after that, two weeks later, we met up again at the same library, and I knew I needed to go. I knew that n- none of my family members from the other side were going to come through, but that I needed to go anyways. And in that meeting, Michael had the, um, the James Padgett messages, the book, and I asked him, I said, are these books for sale? And he said, no, they're free. They're messages from a very gifted medium, And they're messages from Jesus to a very gifted medium. So I was like, oh, my gosh, messages from Jesus. I I have to take this book. Thank you. I took it home. I couldn't wait to get home. I couldn't wait to open the book. And it was around 11 o'clock at night when I opened the book and I started reading. And I started to read. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. When Jesus talks about, you know, my father didn't send me to die. Uh, My blood was not necessary. Uh, And so many other doctrines that as a child, I knew that there was something wrong with them, with that doctrine, that orthodox doctrine. So it it was the weirdest thing that happened to me that night. Because my soul was jumping in glee, yet my mind was in deep turmoil. And I couldn't put the book down. I read it till I think it was five or six in the morning when my, fi- my husband got up to go to work. And that night, he had no idea what I had been going through. Crying, reading, crying, begging, Jesus, please talk to me. Tell me. Tell me, is this through? My brother, tell me. You know, and that night I had a dream with the master where he was opening one door and opening another and opening another. I was so grateful that he came to me in my dream, but that was the beginning, and I knew that my life would never be the same again. I did go through a deep period of turmoil while I um trying to let my mind take a back seat to my soul, and I was very fortunate to have had uh, Michael and Jimbo and Ava at that time, it's another friend from Australia who were helping me and guiding me through this process. And it was Ava that um, hooked me up with Al and Jean and we started communicating through email. And I, I could feel through this process that my mind was taking the back seat and my soul was coming forward. And just absorbing this truth, that I, I, I feel so so humbly grateful to to have been ready for this truth to penetrate my soul. And um, ever since then, I I just I want to share this with with people, you know, that so they don't have to live under the restraints. And chains that sometimes religion can place on a human, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad, like Jesus said in the messages, I'm glad the churches are there because they do serve as a platform to come to Christ, to come to God. And that's what happened to me. It had to start with Jesus. You know, I came to Jesus and he led me uh, to this path. And I mean, I could talk about it all day, but, you know, Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. that is what we like here on WDLR, wonderful oh. experiences. You're such a passionate spokesperson for your conviction of knowing your soul has absorbed the truth. And there's no second guessing. That is a replica of similarities of what has happened to many I have heard. Once you open up your soul, a gift of divine love comes in. The truths that have always been there are resurfacing and activated. And that is an amazing story, Gilda.
2: Oh, thank you, Brooke. Thank you for listening to the story. And yes, I, I do feel that as a child, when you're at your purest form and you hear this orthodox um, teachings and um and doctrine don't sit well in your soul as a child. And I'm grateful for those feelings. Because when I read the book, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes and yes. And that was volume one of the pageant messages. Volume
2: one. I think I, had, I, I read volume one and two. And also, so, so grateful for... Um, our friend, um, Jeff. Yes. Wonderful website. And, you know, I was able to go on his website and just read about anything that I wanted to. Yes. I was just, yeah. Whatever I wanted to. I didn't even need the books anymore. I just went and, uh, you know, type whatever thing I wanted to. And boom, the messages came. And, you know, he's, he's uh, doing a great service, too, like you are with your radio station, I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm able to be part of it. Thank Thank you. you.
0: And I do want to say newbirth.net is Jeff's website that Gilda is speaking of. And we've talked about that often and even had Jeff on as guest co-host. But that's new-birth.net and all the reading. And the majority of it is at no cost. But if you choose to have the hard copies or paperback copies through services that he directs you to, you can achieve that. You can spend a few dollars and get the actual copies. All right, Al, we're back
1: to you. Well, over to my friend Jimbo. And he has a few stories to tell (laughs) as well and how he came to know about the divine love. One of my favorite stories ever. All right. So... Over to Jimbo. Thank you, Al.
3: Well, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. Uh, I think uh, I grew up as a Catholic, and my parents had me slated to be a priest. And
1: um, so the, my. Uh, so the...
0: I, I no, it's not necessary. They're not coming for Jimbo, right? Yeah. That ambulance is not for you.
3: Probably <laughs> no, that's did. what everyone suspects every time <laughs> they hear an ambulance. <laughs> Um, so my mom was very religious. She went to mass almost every day. I became an altar boy. I was a pretty precocious kid. And of course, uh, when I discovered girls, I, I was at a seminary on a retreat. And I said, well, it's okay if I want to become a priest and have a girlfriend, isn't it? And they said, no, that's not going to work. So at an early age, I, uh, I probably a teenager, I started reading uh, stuff like Gurdjieff and uh, nietzsche and the sufis i discovered the sufis um i just i found a guru a guy named swami rama who taught yoga and uh, breathing and uh, so anyways i got involved in all that as a teenager and as a musician as well and i had several gurus and i had some experiences with gurus which are uh, just described briefly these some of these guys or women they have extraordinary cities or powers and they can touch you and zap you uh just like Ernest angley could do that you know and you feel this energy go through you and it shocks you into an awareness which on the natural love level is very high you kind of it's as in like lsd you see the universe for what it is you see the molecular structure of things you see the oneness of everything and so i went to a series of gurus i had all these experiences but i got to a place in my early 40s where i was very despondent i'd been through a divorce i i started to pray i set up a little altar and i started to pray i always meditated every day and did this thing and i asked god to first of all, I told God that I was really depressed. I said, all these years, I've read all these books. I've had all these experiences. And I feel like I'm in a black hole. And I'm depressed. And please send me someone that has the truth. And, you know, someone that I can get along with and all this, you know, I don't know, it was pretty simple request, really. So I was having this prayer, and maybe a week later, I met this woman in an alley on my way to a folk club where I sometimes played music, and she was coming out, and she stopped me and asked me a question of some kind, and I took a look at her, and she was just glowing. She was just beaming. It was beyond like, you're attracted to this person sexually. It was just like running into an angel, really, and I was stunned by this. I thought, whatever this person has, I don't. That was my thought. So, she told me her name was Care, and I spent a good part of a month or so trying to find her again. And nobody seemed to know where she was. She was sleeping under a bridge. She was staying with these people. I didn't know what to think. Uh, I thought at one point, maybe she's a hooker, and she's just really happy. You know, because she doesn't seem to have a home, or she's homeless, or whatever. And um, so, I had a roommate, Um, who was a musician who said, Oh, I ran into this woman you've been talking about and she's going to be at that folk coffee house tomorrow night. If you'd like to come, she'd love to see you again. So I was just thrilled. And I, I went there, I drove over there and there she was barefoot as always. And it's 32 degrees out.
2: You got a sweater on
3: and glowing. And we sit down, we start talking, having some tea and, um, she starts we, we pretty quickly get around to the subject of uh spirituality. Because I'm telling her she has this glow and I'm I'm it's it kind of amazed by this. And I, maybe I'm telling her I've studied religion for a while. So she said, So what religion are you? And I said, I'm a Hindu. And she said, Oh, a Hindu. She said, Did you were you born a Hindu? Did you grow up that way? And I said, No, I grew up as a Catholic. She said, Oh, well that would explain a lot. Um, so so anyways she said i'm a divine love christian minister and i said oh uh, you know you you have such wonderful energy and grace and light about you i uh I, i was hoping to be your friend but i said i i think i have such issues with christianity that uh this is probably not possible and she said well tell me what they are i said well I think Jesus is maybe the greatest soul that ever lived, but not God. I don't believe in the Holy Trinity. I don't believe in the blood sacrifice. I don't believe anybody can die for your sins. I don't believe Mary was a virgin. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) So she says, well, Mary's no virgin. I talk to her all the time. She had seven kids. And uh, Jesus is not God. And he's, he's not pleased when anybody worships him as God. He wishes their prayers to go directly to God. And because Jesus is not God, there's no such thing as the Holy Trinity. And I said, what about the Holy Spirit? And she said, well, the Holy Spirit is the active energy of God's soul that places the love into your soul when you ask for it. And I was stunned. I thought, wow, that's just beautiful. And um, she said, and I said, so what is your practice? And she said, well, I talk to angels. And I said, oh, well, that's that's pretty interesting. And she said, well, you would you like to go see where I talk to the angels? And I said, yep. And so she said, do you have a car? And I said, yes. So we get in my car. And uh, she we're driving out. This is in Austin, Texas. We're driving outside of town. She's and she's sitting in the back seat. So I'm thinking, Brooke. You know, this is not a date. <laughs> I, I guess it's not, but it's okay. It's, it's going to be all right. And she's praying while we're driving out outside of Austin in the country. And generally, I'm really offended by Christian prayers, or at least at that time in my life, I was. And her prayers are just phenomenal. They're going direct to God. They're asking for protection. They're asking for guidance. They're asking for love. They're, you know, they're just beautiful. And I feel like the car is now floating on the way to this destination. We get there and it is the house. It's out in the country. It's Texas um, land and Austin is, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's hill country. It has a lot of mesquite and scrub cactus and kind of dry but rolling hills. And there's a house there and I recognize this house. I've been there it's the owners, the two ladies who own the coffee house where we met, but they're not home. So we drive up, it's a beautiful moonlit night and we park the car and I start walking towards the house. She said, no, no, not over there, it's over here. So she takes me in the middle of this scrub kind of landscape. There's this beautiful lawn and with these tall pine trees on either side, like just in the, in the middle of it. So she, we walk over there and she gets on her knees and she starts having a prayer and I want to be respectful. So I get down on my knees and I'm just listening. And while I'm, I've got my eyes closed. I see this flickering light. And so I look up and I saw these two angels and they were made out of light and they were maybe 18, 20 feet high. They were quite big. And I could see a man. He had a beard and a robe and no wings, by the way. But of course, you know that. Um, And a woman, lovely woman. And there they were. And I was terrified. I mean, I'd never seen anything like this. And so I closed my eyes, and I could still see them. And then I think I was probably shaking or peeing in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, this was, I didn't know what to think. And so they, I felt them put their hands on my shoulders and they said, we love, no, don't be afraid. We love you. God loves you. Please don't be afraid. We love you. Go in peace. And that was pretty much what I remember them saying. And they left and um, care came over and she said, well, this is where I talked to the angels <laughs> and uh, we, we, after that, we, we had miracles. We hung out and we got married and we had miracles of which I'll tell you many more stories at some time in the future. But that was my introduction truly to God's love and I read Paget a little bit later.
0: Wow. What a story, Jimbo. Wow. Did the angels identify themselves?
3: No, and I don't know exactly who they were. I would say the man... He had a beard and stuff, but I don't think it was Jesus. Uh, I think he would, could be like Luke, Andrew, one of my guides. Um, the woman could have been; just lovely. I don't know. They didn't identify themselves, so.
4: Okay.
3: And I don't. I think Karis thought it was Mary, and I wrote a song shortly after that called Mother's Day, which she used to call Mary's Song, because I pretty much channeled it, and it was. She always thought I got that from Mary, but I, I don't know.
0: So you are saying that you have the gift of channeling yourself?
3: Well, I don't really know. I think people like Al have the gift of channeling. Yes. And uh, and others. But I've come to realize that many of the songs that I've received, especially if they're halfway decent, I didn't have much to do with. Yeah. Yes. I, it's like I see the lyrics and I see the words and I... I did. They happen very quickly, usually. And those tend to be the better ones.
0: I can relate to that in my writings. And that is what I've told people long before the pageant messages came into my life. I, I, they want to know where all the words come from. And I said, I tap into some writers who have left this earth, and mm-hmm. they're on the other side, and they're waiting in line just mm-hmm. to inspire me to write they weren't finished here on planet earth they still want to write yeah and i think Alice heard the story before but out of all of the uh, spirit writers which i call them i don't publicize that but uh there's one that i keep telling to get back in the line until he sobers up (laughs) and that's hemingway (laughs) ah interesting so i said that to an impersonator of Mark Twain at a campsite. He was doing a show at the next uh, campsite. He come into my arena, kinda, and, and we stayed in character. Here I am talking to him as Mark Twain, and I tell him that story. He said, do you mind if I borrow that story? I'll give you one in return. And I said, okay, take it, it's yours. And he said, well, here's one thing. When people ask you if what you write is really the truth, You just simply tell them, well, if it ain't, it ought to be. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions, and people have, that people know it's better not to ask me if the truth, because I know, and it ain't, it ought to be. And this is my delight. That's my curiosity presenting uh, a question that draws out another's humor, as we have been doing on this episode. A very serious topic, but we don't have to be serious deities in a church building um, that we've grown up with, all of us, and light candles and sing those hymns on cue and pray on cue, generally the same thing, and the repetition of an hour or an hour and a half sermon. And anybody that knows me, I've been anti-sermons for years. And I go up to my mother's church preacher, who happens to also be the solicitor for our town council, of which I am on town council, and I rib him all the time. Your prayers are too long. You repeat the same things over and over again. Wow. And You're I, like
3: a divine love version of Studs Turkle. <laughs>
0: okay. Whoever that is, I don't oh, know him.
3: Uh, he was but, a great... Uh, radio and TV guy in Chicago oh okay many many books and his demeanor and his way of talking and his curiosity you very much remind me of him
0: he's one of my
3: heroes actually
0: wow that's a uh, let me make that a compliment let me write that down (laughs) okay Uh, Al
1: yes
0: prompt him in another question that we would like the listeners to know
1: well, I, you know, just uh, following up on what we've been talking about, uh, there are a lot of Sunday Christians in the world. You know, they do go to church. They do, you know, put their time in, in that regard. And I and I think there's something good about that. At least they're devoting their thoughts and their prayers and towards God. But these two here are living the life of Christianity, of true Christianity. And they affect, they have a uh, ministry of sorts with many, many different people. And with Gilda, she works with her family and with her neighbors and her friends. And she's always bringing comfort and maybe a bit of advice and a lot of prayers their way. Good food. Good food, very good food. (laughs) and uh, so she does her ministry quietly but in a beautiful elegant flow of of love and
0: circle of influence no matter how small it is and who our semi-influence is it's very heartfelt and that radiates more than words and the smile and the her looking, I can see her vision because we're on Zoom. Listeners yeah. won't be able to see it. But uh, she is exuding something. And I don't know if it's what she prepared for your lunch, uh, since she obviously. Well, I prepared
4: the lunch. Did you video? really? That's okay. what it is.
1: Okay. <laughs> Soul food. I'm great. <laughs> I'm grateful. <to> <laughs> I'm a man of many talents. Sir, but uh, yes, but no is.
4: mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: (laughs) In answer to Al, and he said, you know, Christianity is good. That's the Orthodox Christianity and is. And I have come in the last year uh, to recognize that, yes, uh, it's a social network. It's a face church, like Facebook. Long before Facebook, we had face church. And it is a social network and it does its good and for those who are feeling like we have felt here on this program, something is missing. It gives them a good base to know, well, I know this, but something is missing, and those are the ones that this program looks to excite their souls in breaking out of the closet, so to speak, and asking for direction. And because of that, we have guests on that share their stories, and you're gonna be able to relate to those stories. The prayer. Is there a special prayer that you say each and every time? Is it the prayer perfect that you find in the pageant messages, Gilda?
2: Um, The prayer, one of the things that that struck me about one of the messages uh, uh, about prayer, (laughs) when Jesus explains that a prayer can be generated in seconds, and it comes from the soul. When, when he said that, it brought so much comfort to my soul and so much peace to my soul because I've always, I wanted to get away from that first being Catholic as a child and then nine years old being baptized LDS. Um, I wanted to get away from the repetitions, uh, re- you know, repeating the same prayers or following a certain pattern. Um, when I read the message, that thing that brought peace to my soul is that you can pray for divine love no matter where you are. You can, you can be driving. Uh, you, you can be taking a shower. You can be cooking. And it's in those moments when you're doing just the regular things that you forget for a minute where you are. And your soul just turns to God. And in those intimate moments with the Lord, you just open your soul and you're so vulnerable. And, you know, you come to him like a child, um, just waiting to feel that burning here in the bosom. That you feel sometimes... It's such a beautiful gift to feel this burning right here that people talk about. And it's so fleeing that you don't want it to go away. But unfortunately, this this earth sometimes pulls you down, you know. But I'm so grateful for, for those moments when I open my soul to God. And it's just in those seconds. It's not even... I'm going to pray, I'm going to sit down and meditate or pray. It's just in those moments that I feel the angels are surrounding me when I'm doing things like cutting onions or tomatoes or, or, or taking a shower, washing my hair or, you know, when those prayers just reach right to our Father in Heaven and then you feel that warmth of His love.
0: That wow. is a beautiful sharing. It's a great analogy for others to latch on to. And yes, we are taught to pray. But when I first met Al and Jean in Monroeville some months ago, I explained forthright that it's difficult for me to even conceive that we can sit silent in an hour and pray for an hour. Well, I learned something new that day. I could do it.
2: (laughs) We can. It it is beautiful when we pray. And these are personal prayers, you know, that I'm talking about. But there is so much power when the children of God get together, you know, and with one heart, one Mind, but I really don't want to say mine because you need to put your mind yes. in the back burner. You know, one heart, one soul, one purpose to, to call upon us uh, those blessings that come from, from praying. From th- there's nothing more powerful on this earth than prayer and faith. And there is a lot of power when his children gathered together in such manner, you know? It's, it's just, I get chills all over the place <laughs> talking about it. We're talking
0: to Gilda, a four-year <laughs> divine love,
2: oh, truthful
0: speaking okay. person. And right now we're going to jump over to her right-hand side to a 10 times longer divine love personality. I call them DLP, divine love personalities, of which you are one. You almost, or uh, well, maybe maybe you do match the number of years that Al himself has been uh, knowledgeable of divine love.
1: But he's probably got a brighter soul than mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's got a white hat on it looks like a halo.
3: Yeah, well, that, you know, I've got Al fooled with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was going to say about Jimbo that His ministry, he speaks to a lot of people all over the world. He uses technology, Skype and other forms of communication. And he has many people calling him. I mean, when he had this uh, bit of a um, health crisis, you can't imagine the numbers of people that were concerned and called and tried to communicate and whatnot and prayed. Uh, for Jimbo because he has a and he also has a quite a large family too so it uh, there were many many people and anytime I've talked to Jimbo in with Skype uh, he always asked me would you like to pray Al so he prays over we pray over Skype and we uh, utilize that opportunity to have a prayer together and we both I think feel the benefits of that. Together. I um, I'd like to add some. Thank you, Al. Um,
3: I I would like to add something. I I wanted to say about your earlier question, Brooke. You mentioned the prayer perfect and stuff. My personal take is for people that are either just beginning to read Paget or people that have never read Paget that are at a prayer circle. The Prayer Perfect can be very good for them because it covers a lot of bases. Um, on the other hand, some people are quite offended by it because the language is archaic. It talks about evil ones and things that to some people they can't quite grasp. Um,
4: yeah, Gilda and I time. talked
3: about this first time she saw it. She was like, well, wait a minute, those, those, the, those false uh, teachers. False and,
2: teachers. And uh, yeah, I was like, what is know? this wording? <laughs> so...
3: If I'm with Al, we just have a prayer on the spot. Yes. We just ask God to open up our souls. Now, when I did weddings, Mm -hmm. I'm marrying Christians and Jews and agnostics and Muslims and Buddhists, sometimes to each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, well, can I just ask God to bless you? So I would generally have some form of the prayer that was more like, we pray that you will open up our souls to the inflowing of your love. Yes. Right. Then may come your Holy Spirit, which Christians love to hear, uh, to bring us that love in great abundance until our soul shall be transformed. There will come to us faith. And then for Orthodox Christians, I say, so that we may truly know the meaning of the words and be one in Christ. Now, if I'm praying with Gilder Al, I don't need to say any of that.
0: Yes, I just ask
3: God to open up our souls Mm -hmm. and be present in, in love. And anyways, I just wanted to comment on that. I didn't mean to go off.
0: No, I'm glad you did. I am certainly uh, thankful that you have the uh, the heartfelt, and I imagine it's sore because they went in and manipulated your heart and did certain. It's quite sore at the
3: moment.
0: But uh, to be able to uh, come back and tell the radio personality here doing this
4: interview, (laughs) let's
0: back up a little bit. Well, there's so many wonderful stories. We just want to move forward and forward. But that was a very important input, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, too, believe exactly what you said. In the beginning of one's divine love, research, finding the prayer. But there are messages that says that it is not the words you say, that, like Gilda mentioned, it can be an instant, it's a soul-felt prayer that we don't even know that it's so earnest, that you're driving and this wave of wow comes over you in beautiful nature. I love it. I've experienced that. And I look for this one drive that I take every Friday to take my mother out to her hairdo appointment. She is 90, by the way, that is beautiful country I grew up with. And that's I, every time I go, I says, is this one going to be one of those moments? And then a horse and buggy. I live in Amish country. They're right there. So you break hard for them and say, wow, what a blessing it is that I can be sharing the road with Uh, these beautiful people as well. So it is a geography. I live right on the Great Allegheny Passage, which is a bicycle hiking, biking trail that goes from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C., 350 miles of no vehicular traffic. And I go a short 10 or 12 miles or so on an evening ride. And this is my my place of prayer as I'm pedaling. So I'm pedaling prayer. Yes, in your own words. <laughs> and, and, you yeah. a prayer peddler then. <laughs> uh,
4: yes.
1: <laughs> like yeah.
0: With every revolution, I have a revelation.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful, yeah.
0: And now let's go back to Al and uh, Jimbo. Are you going to grace us with a tune? Do you feel up to it?
4: Sure. Um, I, I'll try. Um, I... I- I
3: don't usually have a clue what I'm going to play anybody, so that's, hey, that's, that's great. that could be an issue. I don't have a
0: clue what I'm going to say next, if, if so, I can get
4: these, two along,
3: if I get these two lovely souls to sing along, we'll do, we'll do a little number called Rejoice, okay? Will, will you answer and
1: respond a little bit? This is Jimbo's composition, by the way. Wonderful.
3: I don't know if you can hear this. I
4: can. Your love, your life, is our our. delight. Delight. We drink, drink Drink up up. from your love. Come, our soul, soul. receive Receive. Your your love. So we raise one voice to sing to you. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Oh, love, come gift from above, beyond this day, dear God, we pray, and we praise From dream dreams we wait. Your grace We live We breathe breathe. For your Embrace Our souls Receive Your love Your Your peace So we rest
0: The applause sound effects I would turn it full volume thank you Jimbo Gilda and Al uh, production by Jimbo himself that is beautiful it did come across I'm sure acceptable enough on this analog transmission I'm not okay. sure and it is beautiful and the listeners will understand uh, gifted Gilda that uh, beautiful voice you have I added so much. And Al, too. I guess we'll call him the, the bass baritone.
1: T- the baritone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the off-key bass baritone.
3: No.
0: <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But uh, It did bring tears to my eyes. And I'm emotional at times, as Al can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, we're all that, crying. I'm a crier. I
2: that cry. That
0: is divine <laughs> love in the workings, of course, and age. The older we get. Yes, the more wisdom we have, but divine love wisdom exceeds in anything we personally have enjoyed in our my personal 70 years. And having one in a year and five months now as a divine love introductory, I would say, came at a time in my life where everything else had to be formed first and came into my life. 30 years, Gilda. 30 years, I asked for simplicity, 30 years. And I had the educational background of Orthodox. I surely did. And I always asked for simplicity. And what it was that triggered it in December of 2016, I do not know exactly, but I must have had such a sincerity at that moment. Wow, the very next day, things started opening up And as all our stories, one introduction to this led to another, to another, and what a wealth of beauty came into my life. Well, we have a few minutes, and I do not want to unfold all our stories, because we're going to do this again and again. Instead of making this a two-part program, a part one and a part two, we will definitely close out with our first introduction to these wonderful divine love spirit-filled individuals and say we will do this again soon and we have a lot more stories where they came from so let's have some closing comments from three of our co-host guests on WDLR we'll start with Jimbo
3: if I had a message to give your listeners especially those who may just be finding your channel and not know anything about this for those of you who are religious people, uh, I would say if you add the divine love to whatever it is you believe, you will receive it and your soul will be blessed and transformed by it. And even if you're not religious, perhaps you're agnostic and you've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, you know, there are always times in people's lives, even atheist people go, oh God, I can't be late for work. And I say, well, you've just had a prayer. So, oh God, I need some love, you know. So I'd say, just throw it out there. What do you got to lose? If you get the divine love and you feel it, you will never forget it and it will change your life. If you don't get it, you're no worse off than you are now. Wow. That's my message today.
0: That's about two things that you said tonight that is perfectly on my computer behind me right now as a word processing program and I write a weekly column for a local newspaper, Tales from the Trail. But I put into it Tales from the Trail of Living Life as well. Mm. So Mother's Day is coming up and I talk about the power of a mother's love. It's different than a dad's, it has different ingredients. I talk about the natural love, and now I'm about to introduce to them the missing ingredient of the power of these loves I'm talking about, and that is divine love. It is not the first time I've mentioned divine love, but never before until this Mother's Day am I able to justifiably bring so much more of the message of divine love in 600 words or less, and that's uh, amazing. Uh, to me, it is amazing. I didn't know when the right timing would be to become a more, more of an in-depth proponent of divine love, and this opened up to me today, not knowing what I was going to write for this week, which is often the case. But the spirits that nudged me said, this is an opportunity, so let's go for it. I have to believe that. I don't hear voices, and I don't speak voices like Al Ken. but wouldn't I wouldn't mind, like Joe Babinski said on a episode ten. This will be our episode eleven, but on episode ten, Al Babinski, not yeah, Al Fike. That is a something that Joseph would like to emulate. If I only had the gift, I ask him what other gifts would he like to find out that he can do. He said, Oh, I would like to be like Al Feich and have the gift of voice. And he himself has a gift of his biological family that he is able to tap into, and that is wonderful. So these are gifts. That's yeah, a wonderful interview. I listened to it. Say that again.
3: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I said I listened to that interview the other day. It's a wonderful interview.
0: Oh, great. I
3: know Joseph, and we all love him dearly.
0: Ah, wonderful. Yes, and uh, I know Al has been in communication with him again, and uh, the uh, forum had an announcement, I am back, and he is back with The Gift, and that's the name of his latest book, The Gift. And now... Now we will have. Uh, this is episode eleven, and now Gilda, I'm going to ask you for some closing remarks from Gilda. Go ahead,
2: Joseph. Yes, I read that book, uh, Family Reunions, and uh, talking about gifts. Um, you That's know, oh, yes. Um, I feel that our Father in Heaven has given us very special gifts and um i also feel that there are people and angels on the other side guiding us but i also know that we are each other's angels here too we're we're not angels but we are a blessing we're a blessing angels in
0: the making
2: Angels in the making, yes. (laughs) And I I, I say we are each other's angels because we are. You know, that's how I see it. That's how I see Al coming here to take care of Jimbo, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we we can be each other's angels. And that is a gift in itself. And I know that... um, we may not be able to channel messages in, in a magnificent way that Al does. And he has the gift, and I'm glad he does, because that's a big responsibility.
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
2: <laughs> that's a big responsibility, you know? So he needs our prayers, and people like that uh, need our prayers and our support. But we all need prayers and support to develop our gifts, um, because I know that we all receive messages that, are, that pertain to us. We may not receive messages that can go out for everyone to hear, but maybe we can receive a message that I needed my, my brother or sister to hear, or that I needed to hear, you know? So I guess I can close this by my remark, by saying that open your soul when you pray um, for divine love, focus on divine love. Even though you may not understand right now what that is, don't worry about understanding it with your mind. Just feel it with your soul. Your soul won't steer you wrong. Your mind can, but your soul will never steer you wrong. Even if you don't understand it right now, it's okay because those mysteries of God Will be revealed to you when you're when you have a, a when you when you're coming from a, a pure approach in your heart, and they will come. And if you don't understand something, it's okay. Just feel. So I guess that's that would be my message. That's
0: a nice, powerful message, Gilda. And now to Al' closing remarks from Al.
1: I don't know how I can follow these two <laughs>
4: um,
1: I don't know the the greatest gift of all is the divine love and all things follow from that so you know we we desire certain things we want uh, to be a certain way with others and maybe to please God we want to express ourselves in elegant and beautiful ways but all that is within us all these gifts are within us in one degree or another and it's that faith and that patience and that uh, willingness to allow the transformation of our souls in accordance to the power of our prayers and the efforts of our prayers to bring things in harmonious ways that it, it must flow in harmony. So God knows what's in there. God put all those gifts in there. And it doesn't mean that one person's gift is more exalted or more anything than the other. We're all unique souls. That great gift is the gift of our souls and what that is. So our challenge, I think, is to really understand our own soul and to be in a place of true soul expression, Uh, rather than longing in our minds for a particular way of being. We need to be exactly who we've been created to be. And that is the greatest gift of all, is to truly express that inner Beauty of the soul that's, that's magnified and exemplified through divine love, then no other gift in the world is more wonderful and precious and magnificent than that.
0: Thank you, Al. Mm, it's yeah.
4: Beautiful.
0: A wonderful closing to another episode of Divine Love Radio, WDLR. This has been Brooke Falk, your host and our guest co hosts. What a program Jimbo Walsh, Gilda Holy and Al Fike. Until our next episode, we'll say have a love soul and let it flow.